Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, December 5th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we talk about smartwatches, shoe phones, and pizza buttons. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Mm, pizza buttons. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Uh, I can breathe this week, so that's good. That's a major improvement. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to the recording and I sounded kind of kind of rough last week. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like a third guest. <laughs> Me and my pneumonia. You and your respiratory system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Um, considering it's 12... 15 almost on a Friday. We should probably jump right into it. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Excellent. Um, w- this week, dear listener, we have uh, quite a few updates that we're all basically just throwing to housekeeping. And then uh, just a, a short feature to get you thinking um, and hopefully get some feedback from you about a bigger topic that is on our minds. So hopefully that's enough of a teaser to drag you through housekeeping. <laughs> Yeah, I think most of this is you, actually. I don't think I have a whole lot today. All right. Um, That's different. (laughs) (laughs) Usually can't get a word in edgewise with me anyway. Um, Well, I know next week you're planning to have a top 10 list, so that'll be pretty fun. I I am. I am. Actually, I want to get it up tomorrow and then maybe link to it because next week might be too late. Good point. It's a pre-holiday type of thing. It is. Cool. Well, we can put that in the show notes, dear listener. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be there. And you can use your eyeballs instead of your ears to enjoy it. <laughs> um, okay. Shall we plow on through? Sure. All right. We've got uh, some castbacker updates. Yay. Yeah, some small little milestones are fun to talk about. We are just about to hit double digits. We've got... It's exciting. Yeah, it is. There are nine podcasts listed in Castbacker right now, and uh, presumably there'll be ten by the time you hear this. Um, they all have at least one backer, which is me. <laughs> 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 Wanted to make sure that all the emails went out to people and, and everything worked full circle and the pages looked right with lots of, you know, like my pledge page. Now I've got a bunch of pledges on there. I can see there's some CSS stuff that never cropped up before, so uh. it helps tease out um the sort of more i don't want to say edge case bugs but stuff that's tough to do when you're just doing like a hackathon with yeah, fake, fake data yeah. yeah and and just a nice thank you to the first the first 10 people to to jump in and give it a go absolutely yep so that's cool um we did have someone actually blog about it podcasting news blogged about it and um it, it noticed a definite uptick in interest and mm-hmm. um, followers on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of exciting. See what goes on. See what happens with that. But if, as soon as we have that one more person, one more podcast, we'll be making two dollars and fifty cents a month, <laughs> <laughs> which is um, almost exactly a tenth of the hosting cost. There you go. So uh, you know. 90 yeah, more to go and we'll to go almost break even. So, uh, cool. Oh, also, um, uh, Castbacker's official 
because we're on Wikipedia. Oh, are we? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I feel very special. I, I do, I, too. I've, I've never been on Wikipedia. No, I'm jealous, actually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Can uh, you be jealous of yourself? Um, I, the thing about Wikipedia that drives me crazy is there are two people that are famous that have my same name. And uh. so, so, like, it just drives me nuts that I don't have a personal page on there. But, hey. Yeah. It's just my ego. No big deal. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're on the crowdfunding, list of crowdfunding sites right next to Patreon. Nice. Uh, it's it's basically just us two so far. In the recurring crowdfunding category. So, pretty interesting. Oh, and that's right. And, and uh, in response to some, some action on Twitter and questions on Twitter, um, I posted a I put up a blog post about why we built Castbacker when when something like Patreon already exists and I sort of walked through the backstory and also the five big reasons why I don't think Patreon's really that great for podcasters right uh, which was the whole you know so of course we are awesome at all five of those things because that was the whole point of building Castbacker so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of yeah. unfair to unfair to Patreon which I love like as a musician Patreon's genius because you never with with music it's less of a scheduled thing you don't know when you're going to release an album you don't know when the songs are going to new songs are going to come out of you so it's much better for that because it's based on releases it's not based on like a monthly type of thing mm. so i think it's much better for musicians than podcasters um yeah am i forgetting anything about castbacker i guess we have a bug um, yeah just the bug stuff we're going to cover later yep okay cool um, in other news, I think I've talked about the um, Why Things Activate Analog Face Smartwatch. Have I mentioned that on the show? Yeah, you mentioned that uh, that Erica had ordered one. Yes, and it came, and it is a uh, beautiful. Is probably an exaggeration, but it's really nice looking watch. It's like a regular watch. Yeah, I, I saw the pictures on Facebook. It looked nice. Yeah, it looks nice. It's it's. Um, I don't think. I think it definitely looks like a girl's watch. I don't think I would. Yeah. I don't think I would wear it. It's a little bit too thin and small for me. But um, and that's really saying something because most of the smartwatches are clearly in the masculine camp. Mm -hmm. And this one's really nice. Um, she immediately wanted to. You know, she was excited. She was really excited about the way it looked. Wanted to get put it on immediately. And um, regrettably, it. <laughs> It, I got to lead into this. You, do you know how okay. I, I do you know how I always say like it's it's about the battery stupid. It's like the battery, yeah. the battery, the battery. The battery has to be awesome for yep. for a yep. watch. There's one other thing that it needs to be good at. Keeping time. <laughs> which this one doesn't. Oh. So like so far she's had it for 3 days and every day it's lost like 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, you're kidding. No. Can you That's believe horrible. that? I know. That's horrible. So it's, I mean, it's so, it is really, you know, I've been in touch with the um, customer service and, you know, not, I'm not really ragging on them yet because I understand that things aren't perfect. This is a brand spanking new product. Right. So, you know, this is, this is beta. So, uh, but it was 450 bucks. So Ouch. yeah, that's a lot. So it better damn well work. Yeah. And, um, but I'm going to give that, you know, I'm going to give them the chance to, 
to either get us a new one or troubleshoot it or figure it out. So I wouldn't uh, run out and buy one right this second, but uh, the jury is still out for me because it is a really nice watch. And if you wanted to get a fitness tracker um, with some smart features for your uh, for a female in your life, this would be an excellent choice. Yeah, if it, if it keeps time. If if yes, it potentially an excellent choice. But there is one thing that that makes me even more excited about the concept of analog face smartwatches mm-hmm. is when, I mean, granted, it doesn't keep the time, but when you turn it on, you calibrate the hands and then it picks up network time from your phone and the hands just like spin around until they get to the right time. Until they get to the right place. That's cool. Yeah. And if you go to it, if you change time zones, your watch just updates. Oh, that's nice. It's the weirdest feeling. Like when yeah. you see the, when you see the hands just go by themselves I mean, you'd think it would be able to keep time if it can do that, but... You'd think. Yeah. It would periodically pull the phone to say, you know, correct itself or... or mm-hmm. Well, so I, it, if for the the nerdy among you, which I'm sure is 100%, um, it doesn't know which way the hands are facing. So it, you have to calibrate the hands. Like when you first connect the watch to your phone, it gives you this dial pad interface on your phone and it says point the minute hand to 12 o'clock ah so that i think that i don't i don't know if who the hell knows (laughs) (laughs) but the 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 takeaway for me is it's got to be way harder than it seems to like get there must be just so much going on in there yeah Uh, but it's very cool if it wasn't for that it would be um if it wasn't for that it would be uh, a big win i suppose the other the other drag about it, or at least the thing that Erica doesn't like, is that the app that comes with the phone is a sort of general purpose health app from Things, which connects mm-hmm. to all the Y things. Yeah, I think uh, I have that app. Yeah, it's like it's a not little, great. No, it's it's pretty over the top. Yeah. And if you only have the watch and not also the scale and the blood pressure cuff and 700 other things, it's like, I just, where's my watch in here? Yeah. So yeah, it's like, that's, yeah, like I have the scales. And I entered it the first time and set it up and everything. And then I went back later and I'm like, where is it? I, I couldn't find it. Yeah. It took like five minutes of poking around at hidden menus in the app to find it. And it, by the time I got there, I had no idea how to do it again. So every yeah. single time I'm like, where is it? Yeah. It's like submitting an app to iTunes. It's like every <laughs> time you do it, you're like, what do you do again? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that is in desperate need of, it needs individual apps. There should be a, yeah. a watch companion app that is specifically for the watch because that is like it's yeah i mean if they want to have an everything app fine but they need individual ones too agreed exactly that's exactly what i would do um and it's ios only that's the other knock so you can't there there's talk of an android version of course but right now it's ios only so those are the those are the things so jury's out don't go running out to buy one yet but also don't dismiss it because it is it's one of the nicest looking uh watches i've seen um, out there. If you're familiar with the, the Timex Weekender, it looks a lot like that, but a little bit f- finer. Yeah. Um, speaking of really mm-hmm. nice looking smartwatches, Asus released uh, an Android Wear watch that is hands down the best looking Android Wear watch I've seen yet. Oh, really? I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's just the An- Asus, I don't know what it's called actually, Asus Android Wear watch, but. Uh, it's really nice looking. It's a square face, but it's real rounded, and the, and the face is the face and body are curved to go around your wrist just slightly, 
And I cannot tell you what a difference it makes um, from a, from an aesthetic standpoint to have a, either a domed or a, a curved face on a watch. It looks so much better than a flat face watch. Oh, that is a nice looking watch. Yeah, it's nice, right? It's really yeah. cool looking. Um, and supposedly it, it has, uh, I guess it has an AMOLED screen, which is supposed to be really good on the battery and pretty good in bright sunlight, or at least that's what the reviewer claimed. Mm-hmm. Um, you still, you get, according to the reviewer, you get like 36 hours out of it. Not quite two days. So but better than one. So, but better than one. And, and people are saying the Moto 360 doesn't even last a full day, which is oh, wow. just that's absurd. Horrible. I'm, I'm saying a lot of things are horrible today. I don't really mean <laughs> the world. The world is not a horrible place. I'm just, it's been just a very long week. <laughs> Happy holidays. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, uh, people might want to check that out. I think it's 200 bucks, which is right in there, right in the range with the other ones. And, um, and I think the, I think the, um, the money shot from the, the, uh, the money line from the review is that people ask them all the time if it's the Apple watch. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty good looking. In f- honestly, I think it looks better than the Apple watch. I think it does too. I think it does too. So very cool. Uh, nice job, Asus. We'll see. Uh, at that price point, I'll probably end up with it at some point. Yeah. Oh, an unrelated note. Speaking of things, Android things looking better. Um, I was watching a show yesterday, and like the ads for the new Nexus, like the Nexus Six, and and like the new Nexus tablet, and what mm-hmm. have you, came on. Mm-hmm. Um, with the ones with shipping with Lollipop and all that, and it just it looked like. An Apple ad. I know, or Samsung. Those like pro. Those yeah. are pro ads. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I've seen them too. They're really nice. It's funny too because they're all Samsung and Google are advertising like crazy on YouTube right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. and uh, and so Cooper can talk along with the ad. So he's like saying these funny. I can't. I don't even know. He's but he's got to memorize. So he'll like, like reciting the ads. Yeah, he'll recite the ad along with the Samsung. Like he'll finish the sentences of the Samsung yeah. ad. I'm like, oh, jeez, man. um so yeah um that's a nice looking smartwatch if you're thinking about getting one uh i haven't used it personally but it is definitely the best looking one it looks way better than the moto 360 if you ask me i I don't like the moto 360 it's too sits up way too high off your wrist it's like a hockey puck yeah that's that's been i just i don't know like really high profile watches catch on things Mm -hmm. yeah they don't it doesn't pass the cuff test for me yeah um, especially with winter and gloves and all that. Forget about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so moving right along to something not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it, it does start with something horrible, which is oh. my, my site has been um, naked, naked for yeah. a while. And let me tell you, I was Get like... a little breeze. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little breezy down there. It's it's especially bad when... Um, I was like, ah, no big deal. I, I'm like into... I, I've kind of always wanted to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But then once I did it, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I put a little banner at the top that says, you know, there's no CSS here for a reason. Here's why. And then I have a little blog post about it. But I had a phone call with like a really high profile um, oh. retailer the other yeah. day. And I like wanted to send them to my site for something. And I was like, oh, God, I don't <laughs> want to paste this link in here. He's going to be like, what is this guy? This guy's an idiot. CSS doesn't <laughs> even work. So I was like, Oops. yeah, there've been a couple moments like that where I've been like, Ugh. To qualify it beforehand. Yeah. Which I did. 
So last night, it, well, so the, the, the news is that this coming Thursday, uh, if you're listening to this uh, reasonably around release date, so this coming Thursday, I think it's the 11th of December 2014, uh, I'm going to be doing that live redesign. And uh, I'm going to do it in stages where first I do all the type typographic sorts of things. Then I add web fonts, then I get into more layouty type stuff, then I start mm -hmm. doing media queries, then I start layering JavaScript. So um, last night I did all the typography stuff and oh my god, I love it. It's hands down my favorite. I, I don't even want to, I just want to stop there. I just want to stop with the type. <laughs> it's so much nicer. I'm anyway, looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, it's my it, it's my style. It's still utilitarian and everything, but um, I just it's just amazing. I used like Google Fonts for the first time on a live site, and it's just amazing how much better when you pick a couple of good fonts. It, it's shocking how much it does for the design. It's shocking. It gives it so much more personality and life. Mm -hmm. And oh man, yeah, typography is yeah, like a really big deal. So. Yeah, it's huge. So last night I played around with all sorts of stuff, like indenting the first line of of paragraphs instead of just having huge spacing between the paragraphs, and like mm -hmm. justifying both sides. You know, uh, text align justify, all, all kinds of different stuff. So um, I'm really excited for that. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I hope I hope people enjoy it. Um, okay, so that's coming up. Uh, you can register right up until the last second on December. Is it December eleventh? I believe so. Yes, I think you you said eleventh all along. So yeah, it's it's Thursday, December eleventh. Yeah, it's I definitely think I'm going to do that because I'm going to watch. Yeah, I mean, people are going to be sending in live. I mean, I don't know how the infrastructure will hold up, but the plan is for me to live stream like my whole desk, so you can see like the phones I'm testing on, and you know. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, be taking I, I wanna, questions and stuff. I want to heckle you. Thanks. <laughs> no, I look forward to it. I, 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 uh, I'm sure a lot of my assumptions are going to get challenged and people are going to be, you know, like, Oh, but what about I, you know, I'd be like, Oh, I don't, you know, whatever. They'll get the, they'll yeah. get the, the not cut the mustard stuff. But anyway, yeah, and I'll, I'll be over in the corner going, your text is too damn big. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. I'm not doing that this time. No. Okay, good. Because you have a tendency to make the text too large. I like uncomfortably a, uncomfortably large for the blind person. So I, I, yeah, that's. I mean, that pretty much says it all. Yeah. I like to. I like to encourage a lean back experience on the desktop. You like big text, and you cannot lie. That's right. <laughs> you said it. Um. Yeah. So that's coming up next week, and I hope everyone joins. Um. And then just some other news. I have been on like a podcasting rampage. Uh, You've been making the circuit. Yeah, I've been guest guesting on lots of podcasts lately. The uh, mentoring thing I've mentioned a couple of times is, has garnered some interest from people who are sort of into the business of freelancing and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Sounds like Maggie's up. And uh, uh, so I'm doing a bunch of those. So I did uh, .NET rocks which i think i talked about last week and that I was, well i think it got edited out actually oh, oh perhaps it did so um so there is a show called .NET rocks they have been they've done over a thousand episodes i think i was 1065 um but it was a recent episode of .NET rocks and my if you search for .NET rocks and jonathan stark it'll come up because my name's in the title 
Uh, we talk about um, wearables quite a bit, so anybody who's a longtime dear listener will be not surprised by anything they hear. Uh, but also talked about uh, the Starbucks card thing I did in 2011, and, and it was actually really fun to talk about after <laughs> some time had passed and I was a little less emotional about the whole thing. Yeah. So that was a fun show. You might want to check that out. Um, I I think Tuesday, it doesn't matter what day, but um, this week I recorded a an episode for the upcoming season of the Boag World podcast, which is like, oh, nice. I mean, the like those guys, Marcus and, and uh, Paul, what, how can I blank on his name? Marcus and Paul basically inspired they're, they're my podcast heroes. Like that is my favorite show. That's where like the, the term waffling and dear listener comes from that show. Oh, you just, you just ripped them right from there. Huh? I just, I just, they're ingrained in me now. So, <laughs> um, so we went on and we talked about, um, mobile of course, and responsive and mo- you know, mobile first and responsive design, progress, progressive enhancement and all that sort of thing. But they were also super curious about value-based billing and how to get off of hourly billing and you know, the, what's in, why, why to do that, how much more awesome it is for everyone and how you can make more money with less work and all that stuff. So, uh, so they talked about that. I'm going to be talking about that particular topic also upcoming on, um, the freelancers show, which I guess is, I think it's part of like a, some kind of Ruby podcast network, but it's like dedicated to freelancers, uh, and also Brennan Dunn's business of pod, a freelancing podcast. So that's wow. Yeah. So all all sort of businessy. So folks, if you in the audience, if you bill by the hour, or your business is just kind of like, you know, just you haven't you haven't been working on your business. You've just been doing work, you know, like, uh, and you haven't had a chance to actually grow your business. You might be interested. They're they're all like thirty minute long shows, so you can get a lot of um, a lot of bang for your buck on any of those. Wow, I, I do I do one guest appearance on the Ruby on Rails podcast, and you have to show me up. <laughs> I do in like half a dozen. <laughs> well, it's I don't know. It's just all of a sudden I just <laughs> tapped into this different kind of. Uh, it's like a different kind of show from this, so it's not yeah. it's not techie at all. <laughs> so I don't know. Easier than flying around, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Excellent. Uh, shall we segue into the bug report? Um, yes, we can, we can segue into the bug report. All right. Well, speaking of podcasts, <laughs> there's this new crowdfunding site funding for podcasts, site for that, podcasts. That, that had a bug. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, I guess you could call it a bug. Yeah, it had a, yeah, it was a brain bug. Yeah. Uh, both, I, both of us, well, we just totally didn't think <laughs> of, like, a couple of things that were yeah. kind of important. I'm so gl- details. Yeah, I'm so glad like TechCrunch didn't blog about it or anything, and just everybody go to the Rails site. That would have been horrid. Yeah, you mean the the Heroku? Yeah, Rails Rumble. Yeah, that's what I meant. Rails Rumble yeah. site. Yeah. See, so, yeah, you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah. Our bug was that um, <clears throat> we had a guy last night. Uh, I'm trying to to sign up for and connect his Stripe account, set up his podcast and what have you. And he, he posted a, the screenshot. I don't know, it was really late at night when you sent me the screenshot. Mm-hmm. But everything in it was pointing to like our, our development URLs. 
Yeah, so like the callback from Stripe. Yeah, we're like, wait a minute, something from development get into production that shouldn't have. And I looked at it more, and and then he mentioned, and then he mentioned, well, when I click the Explorer link, the only podcast I see is, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's looking at the old Rails Rumble site Uh and not castbacker.com, which we didn't take it down Mm -hmm. um, because I just, I assumed it would go away. And I'm sure there was an email sent out at some point saying we're transferring it to your personal Rails Rumble account mm-hmm. or your personal Heroku account. Mm-hmm. But I I either didn't get it or just completely ignored it, which is the more likely scenario. Yeah, I, I got the same email and I just I it didn't register with me at all. It's like yeah. so what you know? Like, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Right. And so what happened was we ended up we never took down the the Rails Rumble site that we had up for Castbacker. And of course, it's got old code on there. Everything's everything goes to development and and, and all that sort of stuff. It's the stripes in test mode, so it doesn't yeah, work. Stripes in test mode, and it turns out that if you do a Google search for Castbacker, it was like what number two? the second hit. Yeah, yeah. And Castbacker.com's not getting not has nothing. There are no hits for Castbacker.com. Yeah, I I don't know if it's just. If we got dinged for like being duplicate content of the Rails site or or the or the Rails Rumble site or what, but mm-hmm. I assume but anyway, so. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's it's all fixed now. I have um uh taken down the the one on Heroku and put up a a three hundred one redirect to castbacker dot com. So yeah, man, I I I read the. I read the same thing you did when he said about the, you know, there's, oh, they're all like Kelly and Jonathan podcasts in there. And I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, how does he even see that? There's no <laughs> explore page, you know? But yeah. yeah. Anyway, I was, I was scratching my head. It's funny how like minor, like yeah, I get a minor, it's sort of, I mean, no one else had gotten that bug and there are like nine other people in there or eight other people in yeah. there. So I knew yeah. it had to be something random. But man, when there's money involved, I get so freaked out. Like, <laughs> like ugh, it just freaks me out. The same thing happened with the Jonathan's card. I was like, when anything uh, yeah. unexpected happened, I'd panic. Like, oh, how do you think I felt going into this last weekend with sticky albums? Oh, seriously? No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, like Black Friday. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know you know because you're involved, but but I built that system. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was like. You know, Chewing, gnawing at my fingernails and going, don't break, don't break. Yeah, seriously. It, it didn't. It didn't. The servers. No, everything a, went great. AWS, like knock on wood, stayed up fine. Everything was, and all it got hammered. The, all the billing stuff was. Yeah, it got hammered. No billing traffic. issues. Yeah. So that was a big success. Um, cool. There was another. Oh, there's another bug in the bug mm-hmm. report. The Rails JavaScript bug you wanted yeah, to Yeah, yeah, it's um well uh, as you know, I've been I have been um teaching nerds. Yeah. Teaching Rails to nerds, my 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 Rails for nerds little Monday night class in my living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um the, so they were in there they were working on a working working on their app because they they had to we're presenting it. They presented it yesterday, actually, and they were so they were in there earlier this week working on the app. It's like, you know, we can you come in here? We have a bug. We can't figure it out. So wait a second. That this is this is for class. Yeah, this was a class project that, that Richard and a, a couple of other guys were doing. Oh, see, I knew they. I knew Richard was taking class, but I didn't know that this was like corresponding to that. So that well, that's a big deal. 
Yeah. I didn't yeah, realize there was, was like um, a big reveal or anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's a, he's taking it. It's a software engineering class that he's taking. And it was, it was for that. And actually he was there. They're building an app for one of the departments there on campus. Hmm. And um, cool, but yeah, they had to present Thursday, and so they were in there. They were cleaning up some last minute stuff and making sure they had all their all their code finalized and, and presentation stuff together and all that. And they're like, "Come in here, we have we found a bug and we can't figure it out." And so what it was, they had we had uh, on the site we had jQuery, uh, a jQuery data table plugin, and then we had written like like there was maybe fifteen lines of JavaScript that they had actually written. Mm-hmm. And you go to we'd go to a page and and the JavaScript you you would click on a thing to sort the table and and it would work fine. You'd go somewhere else, you'd come back, it would not work. You'd go somewhere, come back later, it would work. <laughs> and the same with like a couple of other things where you you know like in in jQuery you have the the slide toggle and all that. You click a link to toggle to to have a, a box slide down and sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't and. Sometimes there were JavaScript errors, and sometimes there weren't. Jeez. And it was just really, really confusing. And they were like, we can't figure this out. And so I went in, and I'm, 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 I'm looking at the code, and like everything looks fine. And um, I'm just thinking, like, well, is it a, like a, is like a compile error with the asset pipeline? Something going Oh, that's a good somewhere? thought, yeah. So I would make a, just like a minor change to the... To the the script, like maybe add a new line or something, just so it would have to recompile it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh. and then it would it would work, and I'd reload, and it would work. And I was like, okay, well that must have been it. And then I would come back, and without touching anything, come back, and it would not work. God, that's so annoying. Uh. Yeah, we spent like an hour going through this, like all all, like there was the three of them, and then the, and then I was in there too. And um, finally, you know what it was? Mm, what? I when I when I helped him set up the app, the the real stuff initially, mm-hmm. we um I forgot to tell them. Um, Turbolinks was not had not been removed, and it was breaking all the JavaScript. Turbolinks is that thing that like preloads. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, and I, so I firmly stand by my belief that that should never have been in the Rails core. What does it do again? Like I, I don't like it preload or. It, it loads just the body of another loads page. Loads just the body, yeah. Oh, oh, so, but it's, well, come on, it's got to be smart enough to, oh, I, so what's happening is if you went directly to a page, the JavaScript would work, mm-hmm. but if you navigated but if you away, navigate and, came away back, from it and come back, it's not re, it's reattaching not. the listeners and stuff. Right. Ugh, it's ridiculous. It has to yeah. reattach the list. Like, how can it yeah. not do that? Well, I'm just now realizing that the the um, turbo links in JavaScript. Um, if it's just reloading the body, if I had my JavaScript in the head, it probably wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, that's correct. That, right, that's exactly well, not necessarily. Well, it, I mean, only it if could, you're it, yeah, only if you're delegating all of your function calls yeah. or all of your event listeners, right. handlers. Jeez. But in in this case, when they were setting it up. And they were like, how do you know? Where do we do things? And I, and I told him, I was like, well, it's better to if you don't need it to load in the head, it's better to put the JavaScript at the end of the body, so it's not gonna, you know, stop stop the page from loading if your JavaScript is taking a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so I guess putting it down there and 
but so maybe it would have worked differently had the JavaScript all been in the head. But yeah, I just Turbo Links. I mean, for the sites that can utilize it, it's probably a cool idea. But I still I feel like it should never have been in the Rails core. Or certainly not turned on. By, is it turned on by default? It's turned on by default. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not breaking the way that uh, we're we're like the conjecture that we're coming up with here, but that's like if, when you try and outsmart the browser, you're gonna you're not gonna yeah because like the people that are building the browsers have already thought about all this stuff way more than you ever will, <laughs> and they're preloading everything they can preload. Trust them, mm-hmm. they are doing it. So I don't know, whatever. They I'm sure. I'm sure they have their reasons, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it was like yeah, a super, super huge win for 37 signal sites, but... Um, I'm sure it probably is a huge win for 37 signal sites, and and that's fine. And there may be a particular architecture that you can use that will mitigate some of these issues that we're having uh, with with JavaScript. But I have I have many, many times had problems with it, and I... I know of many, many, many Rails developers who the first thing they do when they create an app is go in and disable TurboLinks. Mm. It shouldn't be on by default. Yeah. It seems like a pretty um, coarse setting. Like, that's a dramatic change to the way it would work. Yeah. Anyway, maybe a, a dear listener in the audience knows more about it or has more experience with that particular thing and can enlighten us if there's something... Some, yeah, some maybe, better maybe way there's to something I'm it. missing, but I just, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Those are good. That's a good one. That's a real good bug. I like that one. That real, <laughs> it's a real, real frustrating bug. Yeah, that's that's why I like it. The real <laughs> the keyboard smashers, especially with a bunch of nerds watching you. Like, I thought you know how to do this. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Um. Well. This is sort of a completely orthogonal topic. There's no way to segue nicely into the future, but you want to give it a try? <laughs> um, I don't even remember what the topic is now. So, so it's not even really a feature. Yeah, it's, it's like it's this it's is yours, not mine. This so. is more of a teaser for an upcoming feature. So <laughs> we I mean the the um the core thing that brought this onto the radar is this flick button. Oh, yes. Did, did we talk about that on the show? I think we might have mentioned uh, it. I think we briefly mentioned it when we were talking about the Hue lights last week. Yes, right. Okay. So um, this flick button, basically this is a button that just like, to, to drastically oversimplify it, it's a button that can send commands to a web server. And I, you can stick it anywhere. It yeah. uses a back little button. That, yeah. Yeah. It's like you took a button off of a page on your phone and stuck it on your desk or your refrigerator <laughs> right. or something. And that is like, uh, that boils it right down to me. Like the internet of things thing I know is like mostly about machine to machine communication and all that. Mm-hmm. But the, the user facing piece of the internet of things is the most exciting to me. And I've, you know, I've got all the sensors and bought all the, you know, I've got all these, uh, all these sort of smart home one-off things that, you know, Nest Thermostat and the Twine and a bunch of them we've talked about. And they're all kind of like trying to do too much. And so this button thing is like, yes, this, <laughs> this is what I want because it, um, 
It's super, super simple. It does, obviously, it does one thing. <laughs> you press the button and right. it triggers something. It, basically, it, you press a button and a webhook goes off. Right. So, um, it's like sending an event to the internet, like from the physical world. And, uh, and even something simple like the motion sensor, like the motion sensors work, but the problem with them is false positives. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot more stuff going on in your house than, you know, the dogs walking around or like, um, a breeze the blowing the curtains. The curtains blow- yeah. Yeah. So you don't, you know, you want to, so I've never, ever been able to find a good use case for any of these gadgets, except for the haiku that we talked about last week. Right. So this button I have like use cases for. And Hugh. And yes. And Hugh, definitely. Uh, Hugh's not really smart. I, I. Well, I have, guess it is. It's got the API. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have problems with the smart label, but that's what people use. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that there's a big difference between um, connected and smart. Yeah, well, there's there's connected and smart, and then there's also like smart kind of to me implies automation, mm-hmm. and I think that we're I think it's way too soon for us to be trying to automate things. I think what we should be doing now is just taking the sensors, which are the cheap part, and connecting the sensors to stuff and capturing the data. And then so we can figure out what to Yeah, so we do. can get smart. Like you're not just gonna start out smart. Yeah. So you need to learn what the like the sensor data from your house is and your your behavioral patterns in the house, and you can start to see patterns, and then when you see exceptions to the patterns, then maybe you trigger a notification. That's when it starts to get smart. There's a there's a shoe phone joke in there somewhere. <laughs> there's a shoe phone joke everywhere around me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think that, I think that people are like in a rush to, well, this is why people can't come up with use cases for any of this stuff because we <laughs> don't know what we don't know yet. Right. Cause there's so much of these quote unquote smart devices that you get them and like, well, yeah, that's, that, that's cool. And it, it does what it's supposed to do, but I never need to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, or the thing happens so rarely, like your basement floods. Right. That the thing doesn't even work by the time it needs to do its job. <laughs> you know, it came unplugged or somebody smashed it or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Like, like our bacon detectors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. So this is why I'm so excited about the button. Because I was like, oh, I instantly have two use cases for this. Mm-hmm. And one is, so like our George, our boy dog is diabetic and I have to give him shots twice a day. And if I don't, he pees all over the place. So it's like a very, like you don't want to (laughs) forget. So uh, we have this basket of like medical supplies for him and we keep him in, keep it in the um, cupboard over the fridge. So every day uh, I pull it down in the morning uh, as close to eight o'clock as I can, not always right on time, but I pull it down and you know, I'm totally groggy all the time like waking up with maggie and just like you know so and you do it twice a day after a year of that you cannot remember if you did it that morning yeah you can't so like i'll be out at a coffee place and like did i give george a shot today and if you give it to him you can't give it to him twice because then he he like he just about goes into a coma like you it's better to have him pee so so you want to make sure when you give him the shot that you do it and you don't, you can't just be giving it to him. Like, I'm pretty sure I didn't give it to him. I'm just going to give him another one. So, uh, that's where the button comes in. Cause what I do is I, this is my, this is my routine with the dog. It's literally the most regimented thing in my entire life is giving this dog his shots, mm-hmm. pull the basket down. 
I have a special web page that I print out every quarter that has a grid of dates with two boxes next to each date. And I pull down the basket, I pull out the piece of paper that's printed out, I check off the box for the date and AM or PM of the shot that I'm giving them. Mm-hmm. And before I give them the shot, like I have it down to a science. And <laughs> yeah, then I, 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 I can see you going through this in the morning. Yeah, because if I don't... Visualize it. Yeah, if I don't pee, yeah, there's pee everywhere. And it's not just pee everywhere. It goes through the floor. It goes into the basement. It lands on the laundry. It's like, oh my goodness, it's the worst. So it's a lot of pee. Yeah. Well, he tries to hold it. You know what I mean? It's like he's he's he just can't hold it. But anyway, so um, so this so you would think that a, a guy like me would never resort to a piece of paper, right? Like that I actually take out a pen and write down on the piece of paper that it's. I don't done know. Like, I use paper all the time. Oh, I I. This is the just about the only thing I use paper for, mm-hmm. and and it's got it's got database written all over it. You know, yeah. it'd be even better because I I because I don't timestamp the paper, so <laughs> so I at night I'm like, what, did I give it to him at eight or nine this morning? Because I'm supposed to do it every twelve hours. Right, you need to know when to give it to him later. Yeah, so so okay, long so that's the backstory, and I've been I've been for this is going on for I mean I've printed out at least five of these quarterly sheets of papers. It's been like over a year that I've been giving them these shots. And I've been thinking about it the whole time. How can I make this more reliable? How can I know when I'm not home, whether or not I did it? Without having to pull out and pull out your smartphone and fumble with it when you're half awake. Yeah. Because I won't. Yeah. Then, Cause then later I'm just like, did I forget to log it or did I actually forget to give it to him? Yeah. But, so that's where this button comes in. If you could just push a button every time. I just throw this button in the basket, pull the basket down, press the button, it logs it, timestamps to a database, syncs to all phones. So now Erica and I can both know if I gave it to him. Yeah, or if you if you're out in the middle of the day, you can look and yeah. Mm-hmm. Just press the button and it and just don't sends have to pull a pull down the paper on top of the fridge. Yep. Post request to a database, timestamp, done. That's all I need. It's like I'm yeah. like La. <laughs> so that's one and then the other one that was a that was a, a long description but the other that use was. case i had to i uh, the pee it's just so much pee <laughs> my whole life is pee right now uh. so anyway um the the uh the other use case is much funnier on a much happier note okay which is that uh it the button the the way that the button does this is it bluetooths to your phone and and then tethers you know, it basically leapfrogs through your phone to the internet. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, who knows how configura- configurable it will be. Hopefully they will make it so that you can s- have the button send arbitrary post requests or whatever. Um, uh, but the the main thing, who knows about that? We don't know about that yet. But it what it definitely does is that it has integrations with other apps. And I think they said they're integrated with Ift. Oh. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Which, which means you could do arbitrary webhooks. Yeah. So, um, the, so the thing I want, I'm hoping that by the time the button comes out, that the Domino's Pizza Tracker app, the Domino's <laughs> app, will be associated with it. So Cooper can order his own pizza. <laughs> that, could be, that could be dangerous. I'll have to put a throttle on it so he can't order, you know, like one per day max. But how awesome would that be? He'd be like, Dad, can we have pizza? And be like, yeah, go press the button. <laughs> oh, so awesome. I totally want a pizza button. Totally, right? Yeah, just press the pizza button and, and dinner's taken care of. 
Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> talked about on the show how how much the user experience matters, like mm-hmm. like selling crappy pizza with a great UX. Because it's not great pizza. It's not. But no. it's such a great user experience. The whole way around, <laughs> they have everything saved. You just... You literally just go in there and you press the buy button and and a, a car shows up. So you could use, I can imagine using it for um, a lot of things like trying to, yeah. you know, keep like uh, he does this list every day. Okay. When the list is done, press the button or when you, you know, brush your teeth, press the button, you know, or mm-hmm. like whatever. And it just, yeah, it's just, I love it. I love it because it's not smart. It's kind of dumb, but it's connected. And as soon as you're connected, all of a sudden you can do smart things because you get that little, that teeny piece of information. And yeah, I just love it. Do you have a, do you, do you, other than the pizza button, did you occur, did any use cases to occur to you? Um, other than the pizza button and the lights. Yeah. The hue lights is I huge. Mean, you could get different colored buttons and use them like to correspond with light colors. Yeah, absolutely. On, um, off and blue or whatever. Trying to think what else I would, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what else I would use them for. I am mm. super stoked. So then, so, and I was just about to say, um, it would be cool to use it to call an Uber car. Oh, I know it, what I would do. Oh yeah, what? I would push the button and refill Kira's lunch money on her school account. Bingo. That's cool. And she could be like, my lunch account's running low, and she could just push the button and it would like dump 25 bucks in there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, there's another one you want to throttle. Yeah. <laughs> I I think this is the coolest so, and there's another one that, that Nate showed to us that's same concept, but it's NFC and you stick it to your phone. Mm-hmm. So if you were like the pizza button doesn't make sense to carry around with me and the, and the, the, the P button doesn't make sense to carry around with me. <laughs> right. Because the, the lunch money button kind of does. Lunch money button does calling an Uber card does, um, sending a, an I'm on my way message does. Mm-hmm. So this this other thing, it's product, it's called Dimple, that is the same exact concept, but it's a sticker that you put on your phone that has um, either two or four really shallow um, buttons, like physical buttons, and you and you connect them to functions on your phone, and you just press the button, and the function happens. You don't, you know, hopefully it's not super lame like that. Um, oh, I don't know if NFC I told you ring. about this. The, I did tell you about the NFC ring, right? I had the NFC ring. No, not that one. The ring, oh. Ringley. Well, the one I had ended up being super lame too. Yeah, that was also very lame. Because the the NFC would only work if it was physically touching the phone in a very specific spot. Yeah, that's super which, lame. Which NFC in general is not like that. Yeah, um, it has to be close to, but not that, but but not that specific. Mm-hmm. And um, also the fact that it fell apart. Yes, very lame. That definitely gets a thumbs down. Yeah. Um, but the Ringly is this sort of like chunky ring that you put on your finger and has a button on it and an accelerometer. Mm-hmm. And you hold the button down and make gestures in the air with your hand and the and and your phone can react to the patterns that you create. And the the cool thing about it is that is the button because yeah. it preve- again it prevents the false prevents positives. Prevents the false positives. Yeah, cuz I've got that Mayo armband and it's just like it's super disappointing because it's um, because it doesn't work. <laughs> it's like yeah. I, I could go into why it doesn't work, but we're on a different topic right now. 
Um, so I was really excited about that, but it turns out, you know, people have started getting them and it turns out you have to have this stupid app running open on your phone to do anything with it. Yeah. That, that's super annoying. So but dumb. Like, what's the point? Yeah. I, if I'm pulling out if my phone, I wanted phone, to pull out the, the app screen, and op- if, if I wanted to pull out the phone and open the app, you just do the thing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's absurdly, it's almost dishonest that they even released it. Yeah, it's like it's like they just made a proof of concept toy that oh, motion sensing technology does exist. Right. It's not that's not a Kickstarter. For anything. Right. It's dumb. So it's disappointing too because I love the idea, and hopefully this dimple thing will be and flick will be the same way that you don't have to open the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes Bluetooth to the app, and the app does its thing. You don't have to unlock the phone and do any of that shenanigans. Because that would just be, I mean, that would ruin the whole. That would ruin it, yeah. yeah. So fingers crossed. I ordered like six of them. Mm-mm. So, uh, but I, they're not going to, I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it might be an Indiegogo, I can't remember, but it's going to be not until like next year for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think it was on Indiegogo and not Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that. I love the idea of having, I mean, it's a, it's like taking a button off a web page and putting it on your desk. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, which the, that's, and that's the teaser for the big topic. So uh, I am doing a talk for web designers and developers um, in New York next year at a conference called Generate. And the title is um, The Browser is Dead, Long Live the Web, <laughs> where I, it's been working on this for a while. Well, because I know I'm going to get blasted for it. So I mm-hmm. really want to make sure I've got my ducks in a row. But the it, almost at the root of the talk, as I think about it, the root of the talk is about modifying our language around all of this stuff, because we've been talking for years. We've been talking about talking about the web and the internet and browsers and Google and um, HTML and online as all the same thing. They're all basically the same thing. Like the the words are used interchangeably by lots of people, um, even even people who should know better. I mm-hmm. still say internet a lot when I mean web and you know, it's not the same thing, obviously. So, uh, this, so the, so the thing is, I think two major trends are happening there that, um, the browser is basically dying in terms of, but it, but the good news is it doesn't matter because the web isn't dying. It's just that people are access, you know, it's the web has been eaten by everything else. Mm-hmm. So like the, the, you know, people, you know, in the wire, the web is dead. I'm like, the web is dead the way Obi-Wan Kenobi is dead. <laughs> it's like, he's not right in front of you like he used to be on your desk. But now he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah. He's <laughs> so, a really good um, comparison. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm wondering how you would put Obi-Wan Kenobi on a desk. But... <laughs> But you know what I mean? Kenobi. Like, like Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi. He's like, he, yeah. he's right there. There he is. It's now the same yeah. on the desktop. It's like, there's my computer. There's the the big rectangle the in which like I do. <laughs> right. The web turned into well, the inter- I guess the internet's the force, and now the web. Uh, who knows? Yeah. We totally stretched the analogy, but. Um, but so the thing is, like, the web's in everything now. Like, you can't, it, like, you can't find a a, a useful native application on iOS or Android that doesn't have some web going on in it. Even if it's the support page, like mm-hmm. some, everything's connected to the web, Xbox, everything's connecting to web pages, but they aren't in browsers. And even like, even on your phone, you're doing a lot of, you're viewing a lot of HTML pages and web pages, which are not necessarily the same thing. 
because HTML could be local on your phone, mm-hmm. you know, PhoneGap app or whatever. And uh, so you, so like a lot of the things that web designers and developers are used to doing needs needs to be unlearned. So things like like the add to home screen button, that is making massive assumptions about the Chrome that exists outside of the web view, which yeah. you don't know about. So, you know, as those things go away or as the, as the web integrates into, or web views integrate into more and more applications that are not browsers, we, you know, responsive web design becomes even more important. Feature detection becomes even more important. Worrying about stuff like, um, worrying about stuff like add to home screen prompts are, it's, that's not a default. We do it in sticky for very specific reasons, but I, overall it's a bad practice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of stuff. And then, and that's the level, that's the level we're at now where the majority of web traffic on iOS is not coming from Safari. It's coming from Facebook, the native Facebook app. Yeah. And inside of the native Facebook app, there's, there's no, if you're viewing a web page that somebody shared on Facebook, there's no history. There's no, um, bookmarking. There's no sh- uh, there's no sharing really. You can share it on Facebook, or you can pop it out into Safari and then share it from there. But there's all no sharing outside of Facebook, right? So they don't even let you copy the text, which is kind of surprising. Is there a URL bar? Because I've never no used no. There's no URL bar. I, I don't use Facebook enough to care about the Facebook app. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So here's the thing. So all of the a lot of the things that we so I'm guilty of this. So here's here's one thing. Let's do a project with somebody it might have been entertainment weekly or whatever mm-hmm. and they were like oh we need all no it was actually it was sticky albums when i had this conversation with nate he's like oh we need to put all the sharing buttons like in the page and i'm like that's stupid they're oh, in yeah, the, I remember that. Yeah. they're in the browser everybody's got a browser every single browser da, 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 da. and then i was like oh wait and this he was like nah we should really put them in so we put them in and then i was like oh when you view this from inside of facebook that becomes really helpful like that's the only way yeah so I was like, oh, wow, I ate some crow on that one where it's <laughs> like, oh, if you don't put them in the page, like if you don't provide the UI, you can't assume. You can't guarantee that it's going to be there. Yeah. So if you want your page shared, if it's important to you, then you better put it in your page because you don't know. First of all, you don't know if the user knows how to use their browser. They probably don't. And uh, that's first. And second, they might not. They're probably not. Not they might not. They probably not are in their browser. Erica's got a, a feed reader. She reads all all of her web browsing air quotes mm-hmm. happens inside of an happens app called Blog Lovin or yep. inside of Facebook. And those have their own sharing features. It's completely different. Um, she doesn't even so like the big thing. One of the big things is history. Oh, anyway, you you get the idea. If you're like if you're a web programmer, you probably think a lot about the browser without realizing it like cookies you just oh, yeah, assume they're there you, yeah. you assume they're gonna have cookies you assume they're gonna have javascript because there's the assumption they're gonna be on a modern browser mm-hmm. and you assume they're, they're gonna have bookmarks yeah. and history and add to home screen and all the all the features Access to the url bar and yeah that alone yeah. but no they might not even have a back button yeah so uh, it's just so that that's the thrust of the talk. So that's the stage we're we're in that stage. That's now. Yeah, yeah, we are. We the, are. The next stage is you're going to be accessing internet services that probably began life as a website 
or a web app, we're going to be accessing them from buttons that have popped off of our screens and are now sitting on our desks. Yeah, yeah, and now they're just they're just um, data points that we interact with with more data. Right. Yeah, like Jeremy Keith. Oh, you know, we we sort of have a friendly disagreement about whether or not there's such thing as a web app. Mm-hmm. And I maintain that there is a difference between a website and a web app. And he says that, oh, and he, his response to me or people who say that is always, oh, is Facebook a website or a web app? And I'm like, Facebook is way bigger than, that's not even a, that's not even a fair example because Facebook is yeah. much bigger than any one client. It's to, it's a system. It's a platform. It's not, you know, it's, it's an entire ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. In contained in which are web pages and web apps, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there, I would argue that there are pieces of applications that are uh, pieces of experiences that are more mm-hmm. app like and more site like. Wikipedia is a yeah. great example. Like if you're browsing Wikipedia, that's a website. You are, if you yeah. go into edit mode, that's a web app. But most people don't go into edit mode. So to, to force everyone to think about it in those terms is, I, I don't think it's helpful. But yeah, it's like reading a blog versus writing a blog post. Yeah. Yeah. There's an app that I, it's two things. It's two things. It's mm-hmm. not one thing. So and in his defense, the reason why he beats that drum is because he sees lots of developers making the excuse. Well, it's a web app, so I'm going to require so JavaScript. Have to do X. Yeah. Yeah. Which is BS. That is, I agree with him 100% that that's completely, that's a joke. Don't do that. So, um, but it doesn't mean that there's no such thing as a web app. As a joke, I like to say, oh, yeah, the difference between a website and a web app is that a web app needs a bug tracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, while you're thinking about the next website or web app that you're working on, imagine if one of the buttons popped off the screen and landed on the desk. What would you do with it? If you could do that, what, which <laughs> button would you pick? What would you yeah. do? How do you handle login? Would it, would it be a tweet button? Would it be a, a share button? A like? A, button? a like? Yeah. You got a whole drawer full of likes over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, get a, I get a flick button for every um, Facebook post in my stream. Every, yeah. time a new, every time a new tweet pops up in my stream, I get a, uh, a, a little, retweet little, button appears on my desk. little button just like, appears out of nowhere, just poofs into existence. Yeah, it's like the Trouble with Tribbles episode, but with flick buttons. <laughs> yeah. Too much of anything, even love, is too much. It's too much. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> hey, we got an impression. <laughs> I think that was my first Shatner. I think it was. I got to work on it. That wasn't that great. It sounded more like Casey Kasem doing, it sounded <laughs> like Jonathan Stark doing Casey Kasem doing William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> All right, folks, I think that ought to do it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. God! (laughs) (laughs) Any better?